had undertaken to save him the trouble of thinking for himself and to manage him and his affairs. Why, truly, said he, I have little time upon my hands, and if you will be so good as to take care of me in return for the money I pay over, for the bigwig family were not above his money, I shall be relieved and much obliged, considering that you know best. Hence the drumming, trumpeting, and speech-making, and the ugly images of horses, which he was expected to fall down and worship. I don't understand all this, said he, rubbing his furrowed brow confusedly, but it has a meaning, maybe, if I could find it out. It means, returned the bigwig family, suspecting something of what he said, honor and glory in the highest, to the highest merit. Oh, said he, and he was glad to hear that. But when he looked among the images in iron and marble, bronze and brass, he failed to find a rather meritorious countryman of his, once the son of a Warkshire wool dealer, or any single countryman whomsoever of that kind. He could find none of the men whose knowledge had rescued him and his children from terrific and disfiguring disease, whose boldness had raised his forefathers from the condition of serfs, whose wise fancy had opened a new and high existence to the humblest, whose skill had filled the working man's world with accumulated wonders. Whereas he did find others whom he knew no good of, and even others whom he knew much ill of. Hump, said he, I don't quite understand it. So he went home and sat down by his fireside to get it out of his mind. Now his fireside was a bare one, all hemmed in by blackened streets, but it was a precious place to him. The hands of his wife were hardened with toil, and she was old before her time, but she was dear to him.